Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening session of Sunday the 7th of December 2008, entitled The Gifts of God, Part 2, and the Bible reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand with us to honor the reading of God's Word. First of all, from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in, in, in verse 1, Therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Father, we thank you again this evening, Lord, that we have your word. We thank you for your spirit that will give us understanding. Father, we thank you that as we gather together here now in this time that has been set aside to worship you and to honor you, Lord, I pray that during the preaching of your word that you would anoint from on high, that you would speak to us, give us that which is needed here this evening, for you know each and every heart, you know each and every need. Lord, as we commit ourselves into thy hands, may you give us that which we need and may we respond in whatever way that, Lord, is necessary from us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. I mentioned this morning that probably this Sunday and next Sunday, I divided today's into part one and part two. You'll probably get uh, part three and four next week, God willing. But as we come up to Christmas and I guess a couple of things I felt the Lord leading me in this direction. Number one, as we come to Christmas, gifts are one of the things that is on people's minds. Many times in the wrong way, everybody's worrying about getting this gift and that gift, the gifts they can't afford and all of these things that are going to put them in debt till next Christmas just to get it paid off, which is not what Christmas is all about. But why is the exchanging of gifts a part of our tradition at Christmas? You know, the truth is, is it goes back because that twofold, God gave us the great gift of His Son that first Christmas. And it was the wise men that two years later brought gifts to the Lord's baby Jesus. And so we find that uh, gifts were a part of that time and 
gifts have become part, but they have taken all the wrong perspectives. And the same thing, much as we look into the Word of God, there is much confusion. Now, some of you have asked me specifically about the gifts. And, of course, uh, uh, again, I, I encourage you at that time. It, it's been quite a while uh, since we looked at the, the gifts uh, through the Scriptures. Uh, and, of course, I'll say this again right up front. We looked at it this morning. I'll probably repeat it every time. I do believe that the Bible teaches us clearly that all men are gifted. First of all, we saw this morning that we looked at the gift, the gift which God gave, uh, which was the Father giving the Son, the Son giving the Spirit, and the Father, the Son, and the Spirit giving us salvation. You see, when we talk about the gift, that gift, and we, and we looked for that we find that it speaks of the gift of righteousness and the gift of justification, the gift of eternal life, and all of these is wrapped up in one God that was willing to come and die on the cross. God gave us that gift that only comes through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here and if you're a child of God this evening, you have received that gift that was freely given for you. But if you're here and you're lost this evening, the gift was still given. But have you received the gift? You see, it doesn't matter what kind of gift that somebody gives you. If you're not willing to receive it, to open it, it does you no good. Well, I quoted that verse this morning that Jesus Christ was a propitiation for our sins is what John wrote in 1 John. And he says, not, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. We look where that Jesus Christ came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So that's the greatest gift of all that God has given to us. But as we look this evening, then I want us to move secondly to the gifts. And I've broken this into a couple of areas because, again, just as there is so much confusion, you know, don't sometimes... Don't you wish that there wasn't even such a thing as a Christmas present, <laughs> as a Christmas gift? <laughs> well, the truth is that sometimes because people have gotten so out of balance on the thing, but the truth is Christians can begin to think the same thing sometimes about their spiritual gifts because there's so much confusion about that just as soon just forget the whole thing and they shy away from it. But the gifts are very, very important. God has given us the gift. But then we see here in Ephesians chapter 4, secondly, that he's given gifts to the body of believers, to the body of Christ, to the church, if you would. He's given these gifts for a specific purpose. Now, I want you to notice, first of all, the oneness that he speaks of here. Notice he says in verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So the first thing, right off the bat, you could just wipe out all of that nonsense about there being all these different ways of man getting to God. No, he makes it very clear. Not only do we know that Jesus told us himself that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father except by him, we find here that, the, that, again, the Scripture is showing us this. There's only one Lord. <laughs> there is only one faith. There is only one baptism. There's only one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all, the gift that we saw this morning. And, of course, we find that we think of this oneness, that is the, the purpose of the body, that we be united, that we be one with one another as well as with God. Notice he says in, in verse 11, he names some gifts that he's given to the body of Christ. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now we find that, again, that through time, as we have seen in other things, God always has perfect plan. Now we find that we can look in our scriptures and much of the word of God that we have that's been recorded for us and preserved for us by God uh, was given through the prophets of God. 
God's own spokesman that he uh, sent to be not only a minister in the Old Testament to the nation of Israel for the Jews, but folks, they were ministering to you and I today as we still have God's word. The prophets were for old, but the prophets are for you and I as well. We find as we move into the New Testament that God moves from working through the nation of Israel to working through the church, the body of Christ. And of course we find there that he gave some apostles. Now of course the word apostles are those that were sent out. We say sometimes that it has a similar meaning to missionaries today that we send out to do the work of God. And, and yes, except these apostles were different because these 12 were handpicked by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the truth is... They were there in the beginning of the church to minister to the church. He gave them to the church. But when we begin to look, just as surely in more ways than one, number one, much of the New Testament was written by those apostles. Those very apostles, as they were carrying forth the work, God used them to pin down His Word. They're still ministering to you and I today through the living Word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. We also find that he used them for that period when he trans that transition period, if you would, that we often call it, when he went from working through the nation of Israel to working through his church to establish his church here upon this earth. And the Bible tells us that they are the foundation of the church, with Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. So we find that he gave some apostles and some prophets. And in their time, they were there in the present just like now, but their ministry carries on with us through the Word of God. Now let me make this, and we'll get into those other gifts even later. I do believe that God had a special gift of prophecy in giving to His men. Listen, the prophecy is the foretelling of God's Word. There are many today that still want to foretell the future, and they believe that they have a, a gift of prophecy, which I believe when we get there that you'll see that is not scriptural. I believe that the gift of prophecy still applies today in the foretelling of God's Word and that God gifts men to be able to be spokesmen for God through this Word, not from something new to be revealed to Him, but through what God has already revealed through the power of His Spirit. So He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. was speaking with, with someone here a while back. What, what, what is the gift of an evangelist? Well, the truth is, is that you know, some men are very gifted to be able to be evangelists, to proclaim the gospel and, 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 and to win souls to Christ. They make terrible pastors. <laughs> That's not what God called them to do. God has called them and gifted them to be able to go out and to win souls. It is a very, very important gift to the body. And the truth is, is that really it's a wonderful blessing when you've got evangelists in your own church that are going out with that gift. And of course, we also, as part of our mission program, we support an evangelist. And I believe that is a worthy, worthy cause of missions of going into the, to all the world in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth for the winning of souls. That's their primary purpose. But listen, the evangelist was still given to the body of Christ, to the church. I don't believe that any of God's gifts we can find scripturally are outside of that body. He's given them to the church, even an evangelist. Even an evangelist ought to be accountable to a local body. He, ought to, he, he is a gift to the local church, and he ought to be ministering through a local church. I don't care if God sends him to the other side of the world. You know, the truth is, as I stand before you this evening, many of you only see me as your pastor but many of the churches in North America, I'm a missionary to them. I'm still accountable to my local church in Hickory, North Carolina that licensed me and ordained me to preach the gospel ministry. And it's their responsibility that if I start straying from the very truths that I proclaim to preach and teach while I was there, even while I'm thousands of miles away, it is their responsibility to pull away that right. Now, many today, they don't care what the local church says. <laughs> They'll just do their own thing anyway. But I'm saying all of these gifts are given to the body of Christ, to the church, not just to individuals, if you will, 
ramrods out there on their own, cowboys as we sometimes call them, just doing their own thing and not accountable to anybody. That's not scriptural. These are gifts that are given to the body of Christ. Prophets, apostles, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now you notice that those two are grouped together. That's because that's just part of pastoring is the teaching of the Word of God. But we find that, again, as he gives all of these gifts, he tells us exactly why he's given them to the church. Now, if you read our statement of faith, you'll find that we say in there that, that we believe today that God still has two offices in the local running of the local church, that of elder, pastor, bishop, whatever title. That's the title that you find that is one of the offices of the church that is for the spiritual leadership and edifying and teaching of the body of Christ and that of deacons, which is there to, to serve that body of Christ in those practical needs. There are many, many, many areas that we need to minister to. God has set those things aside for us. I want you to notice here that he's given these to the church for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. What does the next thing say in your body? For the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to pause right here, and if you want to get into a theological discussion with me sometime, I'll be more than happy to do it. Don't expect it to be short. But the truth is this, folks. There are many people today, and I don't mean this nasty, but I'm, I'm just trying to be blunt and straight and honest with you. There are many people today that would take this and say, well, what about the universal body of Christ? What about the universal church that everybody belongs to? That invisible church. Well, the problem is most people, they get so concerned with the invisible church, they're invisible in their attendance and they're invisible in their entithing and they're invisible in everything else that they do for God as well, except that which puts them in the forefront. <laughs> I don't mean that nasty, but the truth is the universal body of Christ is a church in prospect. Nowhere in the Word of God is it given the authority. He works through visible local bodies. That's what was established in Jerusalem. That's what was established all through the New Testament. And that's how God works. And He gave these gifts to the body of Christ, to the church, that they might be edified here, that they might be built up. We find that... He says, for the perfecting of the saints. The perfecting, literally the word with it, carries the idea of equipping. You know, we all need to be equipped for this life. You know, coming together at church shouldn't be just for a time. I, I know that it's fantastic to come together and to see each other smile and to enjoy each other's company and all that stuff. And, and we love to fellowship around here. But there's a time for the preaching and the teaching of God's word that we might be equipped. You see, it's a wonderful thing. Every one of us should take time to read the Word of God daily. And we should go beyond that and we should try to take the Word of God and we should try to put, even if it's small portions at a time, we should try to put it to memory. Time and time again in history, people have thought that they were safe and secure in the things of God. And yet we find that the time come when many of those would give most of what they had just to have the Word of God in their hands to hold. The thing that we take so lightly many times. But you see, reading it and memorizing it, we need to do all those things. Besides that, you know, I'm sure that most of you, even though that many Christians, the Bible is never too far away from them, there's times when you'll be out there ministering, witnessing to others, There'll be times when you won't have a Bible readily at hand. You put those scriptures to, to, to mind because it's not my words and your words that will convict and save a soul. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's God's word that they must believe. Not us. They must believe what God has said. He says that it's for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see... The equipping is not just so we can know it, but it's so we can live it. And that's part of what we're here for, and God has gifted the body for that purpose. Now, I want you to remember that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Spirit is gifting members of the body 
for various services within the body of Christ, which we will look at in some detail. But here, it is spiritually gifted men that are themselves the gifts to the body. In Corinthians, the gifts are spiritual enablements for specific service. Here, the gifts are men who have those gifts given to them. Now, it's important that we realize that everything that he is doing here is for the unity, is for the oneness, is for the, the whole body. Now, we talked about that gift this morning, that gift of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in giving us salvation, in giving us eternal life. That's the gift that's given to all who will simply put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, repent and turn from their sins and trust Him. He gives them that gift. But we find that all who receive that gift of eternal life, then they become part of the body of Christ. And the truth is, is that, as we've stated before, that Again, I believe that there is one spiritual baptism that takes place at the moment that you get saved, that you are baptized into the body of Christ. There are many infillings of the Holy Spirit that must take place in your life day after day after day after day as you yield yourself wholeheartedly and completely to the Lord. We find that as we are spiritually baptized into the body of Christ, then we see that visibly take place as we did last week through the waters of baptism into the local church, the visible body of Christ. You see, all that received the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, they become part of the body of Christ to whom these gifts are given. God has given us this gift within the local church, within that which He works uh, within. Now, notice here in verses again, four to six, the oneness that he's speaking of. And I just want to compare that where we'll look a bit closer later. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, notice what he says in verse 12 and 13. He says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Folks, there's only one God. There's only one body of the Lord Jesus Christ to be a part of. That's made visible in the local bodies, but we need to realize that everything that God did is for the unity, for the oneness of us in the body. There's much confusion today over gifts. And much of it is due to the separating of what God's Word goes to great lengths to show us as a oneness, as a uni unity in God. If we're confused over one baptism by one spirit into one body, then the only natural thing to follow that is that we'll be confused over the gifts that are given to that body. You see, Confusion over the gift will lead to confusion over the gifts. That's why there's so many times that error simply breeds more error. It's vital that we base that which we believe and that which we live our lives on upon the Word of God. I want you to just notice the progression in God's Word of what we've seen so far. The gift. The gift that is given when Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for our sins. That gift of eternal life. That gift of salvation. That gift that is ours in Him alone. That's given to everyone that believes. And then all who believe, they're baptized into one body to whom God gives gifts of spiritually gifted men. They're given to the body corporately for the growth and maturity, the work of the ministry in that body, and for the well-being and building up of that body. Every child of God, everyone that's been saved, 
has been given and received and accepted the gift. And the gifts which have been given to the body as a whole are something that as soon as they unite themselves with that body, they're taking advantage of the gifts that God has given to that body. But then we find that probably if we don't have those things straight, then this is where so much confusion comes over the third. You see, God not only gives gifts to the body of believers, but he gives gifts within the body of Christ. Given to the body of Christ are these gifted men for the perfecting of the saints, for the building up, for the equipping of, of the saints. But then within that body, that's what we find in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 and in Romans chapter 12, which is where that we're going to, uh, to read and, and, and take just a, a, a glance this evening and where we will pick up next week, God willing. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you'll turn with me there because most of the time when somebody asks you if you believe in the gifts, this is all they're talking about. They're not looking at all that the Word of God has said and laid down, first of all, in the gift that has been given to each and every one of us, to the gifts that have been given to the body of Christ, to the church for their edifying, for the, for the building up of those saints. But they're referring to these gifts that are then given within the body of Christ that is made up in each and every local church. Now notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read this, and I'm going to read chapter 13, and we're going to uh, uh, take just a, an overview of this. Notice he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, plural, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. We don't need to be ignorant, do we? God doesn't want us to be ignorant. He's given us his word so that we don't have to be. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, Again, keep in mind, this is not contradicting where Jesus Christ himself says that there will be those that will come unto him and say, Lord, Lord, we've done this in your name and we've done that in your name. And he'll say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Many people can speak words, but they're not truth. We looked, was it last week, where if we worship, we must worship in spirit and in truth. But we find that the Scripture is saying very clearly here, anybody that is truly a child of God, they're not going to be able to call Jesus a curse, literally in the Greek, anathema. But they will be the only ones that can say that Jesus is the Lord. They can only do that by the Holy Ghost. You see, only through the power of God living within us when we truly recognize Jesus Christ, listen, listen carefully. I honestly believe this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I believe that if you look upon Jesus Christ, once you come to see and know and recognize him for who he is, you'll want to do nothing except fall on your face before him and seek forgiveness. Most people think they know Jesus. They've heard stories about some man that lived upon the earth. They may know about him, but they've never come face to face. They've never met Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, for who he is. Only by God can we come to recognize that. You remember when Jesus had the discussion with his disciples? <laughs> and, you know, who do men say that I am? And all they thought, you know, that it, he might be uh, uh, Elijah, he might be Moses, he might be one of these great prophets. Who do you say that I am? Jesus, the Son of the living God. The truth is, Jesus told them that, you know, it's, it's not flesh and blood that has revealed this to you, but it's God himself. That's the only way that we can come to recognize and know Jesus Christ for who he is. Notice he says, now there are diversities. Various kinds 
of gifts, but the same Spirit. All the gifts, but there's only one Spirit, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. You see, there are different, various kinds of gifts, but there's only one capital S Spirit, one Holy Spirit. There are difference of administrations, different ministries, if you would, that these gifts can be used in, but there's only one Lord that's over all of it. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. We will see these gifts work in different ways, and I'll, I'll make a statement, and, and hopefully by the end you'll understand what I'm saying. You see, I do not believe that it is a gift to be a youth pastor. I do not believe that it is a gift to be a Sunday school teacher. I believe that God gifts gifts that enables people that they might work in those ministries, but they might well be working in another one, not just this class or not just these youth or not just the youth, but God has given them the gift. Maybe it's the gift of prophecy, the gift of teaching to be able to work with them. But it can be used in different areas. And yes, God has a place of service. There's only one Lord. Notice he says here, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It's given to one, but it's given for the purpose that again, all this one body might profit from it. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? Wouldn't you look kind of funny walking around if you were just an arm? Nothing else? <laughs> you know, just one big eyeball and that's it, you know. He says, you know, that's, that's not the way God made us. That's not the way that God works the, the, the body as, uh, as well. We find that uh, it says, and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon those we bestow more abundant honor, and our comely parts have more abundant comeliness. And, you know, I, I kind of understand what God's talking about there every night when I pull my socks off. <laughs> There's nothing pretty about my feet. <laughs> but I sure wouldn't like to be without them. Um, you know, the, the truth is every part of our body has a purpose. Even those more comely, the things that aren't very attractive and pretty to look at, you wouldn't want to do without it. It's necessary for our body to work properly. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor unto that part which lacked. There should be no schism in the body, 
but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with, with, with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show unto you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Just a whole lot of racket and noise, but doesn't mean anything. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. But rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. Endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. I turn just a few pages over in your Bible, if you would, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. 
not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, as one believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, and as he receives the gift, the gift of eternal life. The gift that can only come through the Lord Jesus Christ. When he is then baptized into the body of Christ, where as a member of that local body he is gifted with spiritually gifted men to serve and meet his needs. And at the same time we find that as an individual within the body, he receives a gift or gifts to serve others with, to serve the whole body, to serve God for His glory. And we'll break and we'll look at these things, but I think that it's vital and it's important if we're going to understand that first of all, that within the body of Christ, all of these gifts, serving with even the greatest gifts that could be given, yet without love. Without love, it's absolutely worthless. We're told time and again here that the purpose of the gifts that are given are that we might have the ability to serve others. Now, can I just make this statement to you? There is a big difference in a human talent and a God-given gift. Many people can have human talents that can be talented to be able to do certain things in their own flesh. But we're talking about gifts that are given by God through the Holy Spirit to each individual. And I believe that if you're here and if you're a child of God, listen carefully, please. If you're a child of God, you're that only because you received the gift that God gave to you through His Son when He gave you eternal life. And then God has given gifts to the body of Christ where you should be a part of for the building up, for the edifying, for the, the equipping of those saints. But then within that body, folks, it's not a one-man show. The preacher can't do it all. No, no preacher, it's not humanly possible. And it's not God's intention for it to be that way. His intention is that I am a gift, that I have my specific purpose for what I'm to be doing and will be held responsible for this body. But within this body... God has gifted each and every one of you to be a part for the whole, for the good of the whole. And one of the things that is a real challenge and one of the things that we'll, God willing, get to next week is finding your own gift. Finding your own gift. One of the things that we see that we read over and over here, you know, that there shouldn't be jealousy about God's gifts. It, it, it doesn't matter, you know, because that He's gifted somebody else to Maybe they can. Uh, uh, maybe they've 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 got the most beautiful singing voice that you've ever that you've ever heard. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be jealous just because that they have that ability that you don't. We find that as we look at others and we see how God has gifted them and they're using that to serve and for the good of the whole body. The Bible teaches we should be rejoicing with them. Praise God. Look what God is doing through that individual. We shouldn't let the flesh get in the way because the flesh will get jealous if we're not careful. 
The truth is, is some people's giftings are going to be more obvious. And some of them are going to be ministries that are going to be more visible by everybody to see. But the Bible has told us, and one of the things we'll be looking at, that doesn't make it any more important than that comely part of the body, that part of the body that may not be so readily seen, but is just as vital for the working of the body together. If we, as a church, as a body of Christ, as a visible body of Christ in this world, if we are to be effective, if God's work is going to be accomplished through us in the way that He wants to accomplish it, it's going to be happening through each and every one of you. First of all, praising God, thanking God for the gift that He's given to you, and nobody should be a part of the body of Christ. Nobody should be a part of the local church unless they've accepted the gift and they are true believers in Christ. We find that once you've had that gift and God has placed you and He's given you the gift that He's placed in the church leadership for your edifying, for your equipping and whatnot, it's not good just to be content and sit back and say, okay, I'm just going to come and soak it all up every week. No, God has a place for you to serve in the body for the good of all for the good of the whole body, that the whole body might work. And the, and the truth is that if you're not doing your part, I mean, I've, I've, I've illustrated in lots of different ways. Have, have, have any of you ever maybe had an arm broken or a leg broken or some part of your body that you can just just take some to, if, if you never, and I hope you haven't. I, I've never had an arm broken, praise God. I've never, I've never had a leg broken, thank goodness. But... Just take and, and tie your arm behind your back sometime. And just and just tie it there. And then try to go about your normal business doing the things you'd normally do. And see how many times, never thinking about it in the normal course, how many times that you would go to use that arm and suddenly it's not there. And you realize this this isn't so easy to do with one hand all of a sudden. The truth is we take it for granted a lot of times. And if we're not careful, we can take each other for granted in the body of Christ. We ought not to be taking each other for granted. But by the same token, if you're there, maybe you're that arm that at the present is just not being used. Just as well be tied behind the back. There's no way the body can function as a whole in the way that it ought to unless everybody, everybody is doing their part. And you know, that's when you really find your real contentment and joy in serving the Lord. It's when you know you're where God wants you doing what He wants you to be doing. And one of the beautiful things about the gifts of the Spirit is that it's never for me. It's never for myself. The wonderful thing about the gifts is that they're always for somebody else. They're always for somebody else. And that's one of the wonderful things. You see, all that God did, yes, He did it, but He gave it all to us. We're the beneficiaries of all that Christ went through. God proved His love for you and I. And the truth is, is that that's one of the ways that we prove our love for Him, by being obedient, by doing what He's asked us to do. So we'll take and we'll, we'll look, and, I, and, and I've tried to break these down into some simple parts that will hopefully make them easy to be understood as we look there. But I want you to, even now, begin to pray. Lord, what is it that you want to use me for? I'm saying this to you again, and you might get tired of hearing me say it, but number one, if you're here this evening, if you haven't received the gift, you need to make sure of that. Swallow your pride, forget everything else. Make sure you've accepted the gift that can only come through Jesus Christ. And this evening, if you have, then God's given gifts. If you're here this evening and you're not, you ought to be a part of a local body. You ought to be a part where you can serve God. You ought to unite yourself. The oneness, you can't do it out there on your own. The gifts are used through the body. And you need to be a part of the body of Christ. And as you're part of that body, and those of you that are part of the body here at Bethel, 
You need to be praying and saying, God, what is it that you want of me? I don't want to just sit here and maybe be the reason for the body not functioning in all of its fullness and all of its unity. What is it? Where have you gifted me? What can I do? What do you want me to do to be a blessing to the others, to be a blessing to this body, to be a blessing to the other people around me? Your gift is never something you're wanting to use selfishly, and you'll see that more as we look through the Word of God. What do you want me to do, God, to be a blessing to these? I want to ask you to start praying now, and as we look at these gifts in a bit more detail next week, I want you to begin to pray, God, what is it? What is it that you want me? And you know, we'll, we'll look at some things that hopefully will help you to be able to look and decide for yourself, what is it? Where has God gifted me? Where do I need to be serving the Lord? God bless you for being here this evening. I trust and pray that as we look at these things that you can grasp and understand. When we talk about the gifts, we need to look at what God's Word teaches about them. And the truth is, is yes, yes. Many times when people ask me, do you believe in the gifts of the Spirit? Well, I know what they're asking me, and the answer to what they're asking me is no. Not like you, I don't. <laughs> but the truth is, yes, very, very, very much in the biblical sense. And that's what I want you to grasp and understand. We could spend a lot of time on a lot of these individual gifts, which is not going to be our purpose, but as we look over these things... Don't be confused and don't shy away. Don't be ashamed of the gifts of the Spirit just because there's so much abuse of it. God has gifted each and every one of us. God has gifted not only as individuals but as the body of Christ. And together we want to be serving God with the gifts that He's given us that He can work through us and accomplish what He wants to accomplish. Father, we thank You for the time this evening that we've had to look into Your Word. Pray, Lord, that as we look at these things this week and next, Lord, especially at this time of year when gifts are such a part of the topic, help us to focus upon the important spiritual gifts, Lord. Help us to realize the wonderful gifts that you've given to us and that each and every one of us here, Lord, we, we may not be able to afford to go out financially and, and buy everybody here a gift this Christmas to give to them in the financial sense, but Lord... One of the greatest gifts that we can give to each other this Christmas is by, Lord, just finding what it is that you want of us and within this body, giving one to another for each other's growth, for each other's benefit, for the perfecting of this body that you might be able to use us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to be able to look into your word, to have a clear understanding. Lord, that as a body that you might help us to be unified together, that you might help us as we seek to find the gifts that you have given to each and every one of us, that we would be willing to use them for the blessing and benefit of others and for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>